Hello, and welcome to our second podcast. Uh, I'm Brandon Jacobs, and I'm here with Heather Gaisley, and the topic of today is going to be how integrative health saved my life. Thank you, Brandon. As Brandon mentioned, I'm Heather Gaisley. For those of you that don't know me, I am the director of integrative health at Park Integrative Health. I also practice there as a registered acupuncturist. My previous careers included being a secondary school teacher as well as a yoga teacher here in the city of Edmonton. Uh, and I am the director of Allied Health at Park Integrative Health. Uh, my previous careers were very similar. I was a school teacher. I taught in the education system for four years. Uh, also a yoga teacher where Heather and I run uh, yin yoga training in the city. And previously I ran a massage therapy practice as well as a personal training practice. So there are very few of you that have heard this story in its entirety. And for those of you that do know Brandon, he loves a good story. And he loves to start way back at the very beginning of it all and give you every minute detail, which I love about him. So we're going to share with you a very painful, heartfelt, heart-wrenching um, story with you about how integrative health saved Brandon's life and became the impetus for beginning Park Integrative Health. So Brandon, let's take it back to the beginning, not well, your birth. Where all good things begin. <laughs> where all good things begin, where all good stories begin at the beginning. And tell us about how Integrative Health saved your life. Well, I'll save you all the painful details, but I do remember it starting when I was around 13 the first signs for me of feeling unwell that kind of cascaded through my sporting career and into my college athletic career. Uh, I remember there being these pieces of not feeling like I was in my body, um, being told that uh, I was doing too much, I was too emotional, I was drinking too much, I was, you know, basically putting all of this stuff on me when I was just trying to be this authentic version of myself. So again, I won't share all the details from 13 leading up to where everything came to a head in my in my 30s, um, but that is where it started. So Brennan, share with us what happened in your 30s. Well, what happened in my 30s, uh, <laughs> I went through... Uh, I went through a lot of change. I went through a divorce. I went through the breaking up of a business partnership of someone that I was friends with for almost 20 years. Um, I moved back in with my parents. Uh, my stress level was at an all-time high. Um, and essentially, I was... This piece of me was dying and transforming as I moved into my, into my mid-30s. And so how did that show up for you? What kind of things were you experiencing? What, To use Western medical terminology, what kind of symptomology were you experiencing? It, it had me showing up in life like I was trash out of my mind. Mm. It had me showing up like I was this big, heavy drinker that just existed in the world in a, in a haze of liquor. And did people accuse you of drinking? Oh, yeah. Even even when I'd been with them all day, be like, what is wrong with you? What have you been doing? I'm like, I've I've been with you all day. And essentially like that's that was 
you know, probably a good couple of years, even when I was at family functions. And later on, I found out that people are like, oh, we just thought he had a couple of drinks to to settle his nerves because he's always talked about having anxiety. Hmm. And so who did you reach out to? Um, nobody really at the time. I just, you know, you think that when you're in healthcare and you're in health and wellness that you can just figure it out and that you can beat it, whatever that it is. Although I had no idea what was going on. So I, at the time, thought like maybe I should reach out to counseling. Maybe yoga will help. Maybe doing more physical activity. Maybe, you know, eating even healthier would would help and all it really did was was make things worse so was there a healthcare provider that that saw something in you or asked the right question at the right time or did you come to a head where there was a complete breakdown for you well i would say that there was a large number of breakdowns for sure but i do remember very distinctly we called them episodes at the time. I found it super offensive. I don't really care anymore, but people would say that I was quote unquote having an episode, um, which I guess I'm lying. It still offends me a little bit, but that's okay. Um, you and I were watching TV uh, at my parents' house and I was in this glazed over state, even though we'd been together the entire day. And I don't remember if we had it taped or we were just flipping, but we ended up watching w5 which we've never watched before and i don't think we've ever watched since but there was this there was this man who is basically going through um what's it called sorry just give me one second uh, a reenactment this is having this reenactment where he gets pulled over gets out of his car and he can like barely walk he can barely function and so of course he's placed under arrest and he's being questioned he's being asked like where have you been and what have you been doing and he's just like pleading with these officers like i was just at my favorite pizza place and like like i didn't like i haven't been doing anything i don't even drink so he obviously this is a reenactment but it's heather and i are looking at the screen and looking at each other being like what the f like that's that feels like what i'm experiencing um but of course like you think no there can't actually be an actual reason there can't actually Mm -hmm. be no one can help me you know i saw a neurologist and he asked me what drugs i took and i saw all kinds of providers i saw uh, another internist and they asked me what illicit drugs i was doing so i just kept hitting wall after wall after wall trying to figure it out And we're watching this reenactment, and then this man comes on. This sweet little man. I guess this was over five years ago now, so he was not even 40. His name is uh, Dr. Anoop Kanodia. And he just comes on, this sweet little man, and he's like, this man has autobrewery syndrome. This man is suffering from SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. He's Mm -hmm. like, this is what this man is experiencing. He has elevated levels of ethanol in his system, in spite of being a fairly healthy individual Mm -hmm. and Heather and I looked at each other and we're like, I have to go and see him. Mm -hmm. Like maybe this is the answer. And we had no idea how we were going to get there, what we were going to do. 
We had just ran and helped run a yoga retreat in Italy and Greece. And so we were so worried about what people were going to think because people have had this view that we were just going on this great vacation. We must have so much money when I was like in the throes of debt and emptying every savings and investment that I had just to survive. And then we're like, how on earth are we going to get to Ohio? Because mm-hmm. that's where Dr. Kenodia is. You know, and so this came with mixed reviews from friends and family of who wanted to help and who didn't and who thought it was appropriate. But ultimately, we decided that if I didn't get to Ohio, like, I was probably going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, as many of you will hear, this is a very emotional tale for both of us. And so, Brandon, I just want to ask you, and I'm hoping you can share with our listeners, how did you know that you, you, you were going to die if you didn't do this? Um, I knew that I was probably going to die either driving under the influence unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you didn't know you had ethanol buildup in your system. I didn't system. know I had any ethanol buildup in my system because like, I was a healthy eater. We weren't drinking. I was raised like drinking and driving is wrong. Mm-hmm. So you would never think that, as we might hear later, the food sensitivities that I had would have my body producing ethanol. So you thought you might, you thought th- one way you might die would be unknowingly driving under the influence. Unknowingly driving under the influence, or at the time, like I was so depressed and so depleted that. There were nights that you or my dad, when he was around, would stay up with me because I was essentially on suicide watch Mm -hmm. because I felt like I can't possibly go on like this and no one is helping me. Mm -hmm. And I say no one like I don't include you in that. But like I felt like no one was helping me. No one was listening. Everyone just kept saying like, well, your grandfather was an alcoholic and your dad likes alcohol. So like that must be the problem in spite of my pleading and begging for help. Mm -hmm. So no one saw you. I would say I wasn't seen. I was just seen as what people thought that I was Mm -hmm. and no different than stories that I've told in the past of going to a yoga studio and people thinking that I was mean or rude or an asshole. when like, I was just there to practice. I was just there to try to like figure my stuff out. But people certainly like to place labels on other people when they don't understand. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this happenstance, which we know now is no longer happenstance, but this W5 episode that we happened to be watching sent us down a path of pursuing, despite financial distress, a trip to Ohio. And so we had decided that you were very private about your health journey in the beginning. It was it was a source of intense shame. Would you agree? Well, it was so intense that as much support as you needed, like I forced you to not talk about it. Mm -hmm. So, and that didn't place you in a very good position for your own health. But like, I was so ashamed and embarrassed that like I couldn't figure it out on my own and that I actually needed that much help that, yeah, we were, we were very, very private and it was a big deal to essentially reach out to friends and family and community to essentially like help us fund the trip. Mm -hmm. We started a GoFundMe, actually, 
And there was quite a bit of mixed reviews in terms of, as you mentioned, we had just gone on a trip to Greece. But for those of you that have run run yoga retreats or uh, adventures like that, you know that you don't come away with very much money. Essentially, your trip is funded and you work the entire time. And it's a lovely experience to see the world. But you don't come away with money from that. And shortly after that, we contacted Dr. Kenodia's office. And it was the first glimmer of hope for the future because they said, yes, come and see us. We will take him on. And we we did the GoFundMe. And some people decided not to ever speak to you again. Yep. And decided not to speak to us. There were people in our family circle that um, had lots of chatter about our decision. And then we decided, or you decided, that you were going to go alone. It was important for you to go alone. Mm -hmm. And so take me to the moment when you arrived there and what happened in the early hours of you arriving there. Well, nothing nothing tells you that this is going to be a long and arduous journey by landing in Ohio and getting to your hotel and then walking through some bushes to get to a convenience store and then getting hit by a car in the parking lot, which is what happened. So I was in Ohio for maybe maybe three hours before uh, I got I got hit by a car in the parking lot. And then take us through your conversation with me on the phone. I really wish that I could. I remember phoning you and I was pretty delirious. I basically like phoned and said like I got hit by a car and then and then I threw up and then my phone died. And then like I just remember well apparently I also went to a restaurant where you also <laughs> where you also somehow tracked me down but like the long story short is like I got hit by a car. I wanted to do it on my own. And then like before I knew it, it was the next day at noon and you were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were in acupuncture school mm-hmm. and you dropped everything and you dropped even more money and you flew to Ohio by yourself. I did. To once again, come and take care of me. Mm-hmm. And then we, there's a whole story in that but I did track you down at the pancake house across from your hotel. And I remember it was the first solo trip I had taken and I figured out how to fly to Ohio and get there. And I found you and surprisingly, they let me into your hotel room after I lied to them and told them that I was your wife. (laughs) And then we went to your appointment the next day. We did. And Going to Ohio was the beginning of, of what would, a, a course in integrative health that would essentially save your life. Absolutely. But it didn't get easier from that moment, did it? No, it didn't get easier. It actually got, I got a lot, a lot harder. The appointment itself was okay. There's nothing like telling all the shitty pieces of, of your story, But there's also nothing like having someone actually listen to you and believe you and then say, like, I'm going to help you. Mm -hmm. This is going to get better. Like, Dr. Kenodia looked me in the eye and said, like, you don't have to die. And you believed him. I believed him. And was he the first provider that you believed? Yeah, he was. I think he's the first one that actually saw me and could see and feel the pain and suffering. But he'd also seen it before. He said, like, if you 
if you comply with the regimen that we will that we will set out. He's like, I will help you. And was he the first allopathic provider that didn't assume you were lying or didn't assume you were imbibing in alcohol? Well, yeah, he's like, I'm assuming since you flew from Sherwood Park to Ohio that, like, you're taking this pretty seriously. I said, yeah. I said, I've also been trying to take it seriously for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And he just is one of the most compassionate people that I've ever met. And he just said, like, I'm going to help you. He's like, but I need to know everything. And you told him your whole I story? I told him my whole story. Told him where it began. Told him everything. They did a whole bunch of tests right then and there. Um, and for the for for the first time in a long time, like I, I felt like there was going to be some hope. Mm-hmm. I felt like there I felt like there might be there might be some hope. And so, Brandon, take us through your journey since then, because since that moment of traveling to Ohio despite financial odds and getting hit by a car and surviving that. Take us through returning back home to Sherwood Park and what your what your health regimen looked like. Well, my health regimen looked like do everything you can to reduce stress. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it still is in some in some part today. Like your body can't really your body can't heal if it's in a state of stress or inflammation. Mm-hmm. So basically, when I got home, I was sent probably twelve different supplements. Mm-hmm that I had to routinely take. Um, the tests came back. The most telling test was my food sensitivity test. I had over 32 sensitivities to regular everyday foods that we were having all the time. Can you give us a few examples? Black pepper, mm-hmm. spinach, eggs, coffee, mustard. So seemingly harmless things that were harmful to me so not every good food is good for everybody just like in yin yoga like we teach not every pose is good for everyone Mm -hmm. so to find out that all these healthy foods and this health journey that i was on was actually doing damage was very eye-opening and thankfully dr kenodia is one of a kind currently where he is Uh, both a naturopathic doctor and an allopathic doctor. And some of his first recommendations were things that I was already doing. He's like, you should probably seek counseling, Mm -hmm. which I was doing. You should probably see a massage therapist and get acupuncture for stress reduction. You might want to consider some energy healing. I would like you to listen to these musical tones to help reduce stress. He basically went far away from Western medicine to a supplementation regimen um but basically said like you need to trust me Mm -hmm. if you trust me like i'll help you and so would you say that he looked at or examined you as a whole person absolutely probably one of the probably at the time the only provider i'd ever experienced that looked at all aspects asked me seemingly annoying questions that lots of people get how's your sleep and people are like oh my god who's talking about sleep mm-hmm. you know ask me and i mean i wasn't sleeping at the time i'd say maybe maybe two hours a night and that's that's not restful for anybody but yeah he looked at at all aspects and we very slowly chipped away at 
at little tiny pieces in in all aspects the mental emotional spiritual physical Mm -hmm. so how long have you been on this regimen with him I will have been on this regimen with him for six years in September. And when did you notice a change? I noticed a change almost probably within the first three weeks um, with the supplementation, cutting out all of the foods that we were eating that, you know, we were eating eggs once or twice a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd say probably pretty immediately, but I would not say that it got better First, I would say it got it got much much worse to get this massive box of supplements that now I have to sort through that I'm putting into pills at this time I'm only 35 and I'm taking all these supplements you know made me feel like you know I thought there was hope and at the time I just thought like maybe getting hit by that car was like the sign that this isn't gonna work mm-hmm. and were there were more of those moments there were definitely definitely more of those moments I feel like for You know, for all of like 35 and 36, like the hits just kept coming. Do you want to share some of those? Um, yeah, I, I was teaching yoga all over the city, all over the city. And I was driving home from teaching a class one day, like thinking that everything was fine. It was Easter. Everything's great. And I pulled up onto our neighbor's driveway because my parents' cars were in the driveway. And this off-duty officer basically blocked me from getting out of my car and told me that he had phoned the police for erratic driving. And I was essentially like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And like, he wouldn't let me out of the car. And I'm like, I just want to get inside. And... I thought I was doing well on these supplements. I thought I was doing well with the regimen, but I would say that the effects weren't as quickly as we had hoped. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having to take a breathalyzer and it was positive. Mm -hmm. And so I had the lovely experience of outside of my parents' house, um, getting handcuffed and getting put in the back of a police vehicle while you were coming back from the class that I taught to see all of that my parents were out of town and essentially like I just kept telling these officers like I haven't had anything to drink I'm seeing a doctor now this is what I have I'm like pleading him like I have auto brewery syndrome I have SIBO like I haven't been drinking I haven't done anything wrong but in the eyes of the law like well you have ethanol in your system and I don't care how it got there mm-hmm. did they believe you one of them did mm-hmm. And said, like, I'm really sorry, man. Like, you seem really with it. He's like, but, like, this, the breathalyzer says what it says. It's like, you have to come with me. That's right. And, and just so for the listeners who are trying to place this on a time frame, you saw Dr. Kenodia in September of 2015. Mm-hmm. 2015 or 2016? 2015. 2015. And this is now April of 2016. Yep. So six plus months of this yep. regimen. And you get pulled over after teaching a class which I attended and you you were able to you were able to take this breathalyzer walk to the officer's vehicle walk into the RCMP detachment in Sherwood Park take another breathalyzer in which your level went up 
from the time that you yep. had given the first one, they detained you and you blew the second one. Yep. And when we contacted, you know, again, another lawyer to support us through this journey, more money, more money, more money, mm -hmm. you were eventually acquitted. I was eventually acquitted. And how did that come to be? It was, it was quite remarkable. And so like I lost my license for, I don't know how long you drove me around for. Eight I months. I feel like, okay, it was eight months. <laughs> It was my appearance date was very far in the future. Um, and I remember we were considering bringing Dr. Kenodia all the way here to speak on my behalf at court. And I sat down with my lawyer the night before and he said, I'm really sorry, Brandon. He's like, but there's not really anything we can do. He's like, I'm a good lawyer. He's actually pretty. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call Bob, I wouldn't call Bob arrogant. I would just call him very good at his job and very self-assured. Mm -hmm. But he's like, I don't think I can do anything for you. He's like, we'll go to court tomorrow and we'll just, we'll just see how it goes. He's okay. like, but he's like, but be prepared for X, Y, Z. Be, be prepared for a uh, lock system in your car and be mm -hmm. prepared for all of these things. And I was just like, okay. And so you and Bob. So me and, and Bob dad. and my dad went to the courthouse in Sherwood Park and Bob went in and he was in there for about five minutes and Bob came out and he said you're free to go I said I didn't I don't even know what I said I just said what happened and he said well the gentleman the gentleman uh, on the other side is obviously a lawyer he's like but he also owns a microbrewery and he said based on the levels that you tested at and based on what he knew about alcohol, he said, there's no possible way that that person was drinking alcohol and could function that highly. Mm -hmm. There's no way that he could walk around like nothing was wrong, that he could have a conversation with all these people. He's like, I've been over and over and over the tape. He's like, and I believe him. And so there it was again, one other person believing you in this seemingly fantastical, fantastical, unbelievable tale of your health and wellness journey. One other person believed you. Yeah. So he said, he's like, you know, he's like, I can't put this kid through any more than he's already going through. He said, I believe him. And he's like, let's just drop it all. He's like, he has to continue to get care. He's like, but he's essentially free to go. And like, I was just beside myself. So was Bob. So Bob's like, I didn't even do anything. And so you had a medical on your license. So then I had a medical on my license. Yep. For, for two years. Yep. And because we were so conscientious, we ordered, we ordered portable breathalyzers for you to blow every time to ensure that we, we never wanted to be responsible for someone else's, um, injury or harm to come to them at yeah. our hands. And also we, we wanted to have a tangible way to track what was happening in your system yep. so that we knew that we could drive around together and you could drive and, and, and we could, we could drive around our nieces and nephews. So it was quite telling the times that you, well, you didn't drink at the time, but you didn't have anything to drink and yet you would blow yep. and you would blow over. You would blow over the, blow over the, the legal, legal limit the legal is what we're limit, speaking yep. of here. And, and it would be unbelievable. And yet you could, you could function. And other times it was as if Brennan had mentioned before earlier in the podcast, he was barely there. He presented as if someone had, who had had, you know, eight, nine, 10 drinks. So yep. 
here we are now in 2021 and we have our beautiful daughter and Park Integrative Health has been open for three years. And this is the story that not a lot of people receive or are on the receiving end of hearing because you've kept it very close to your heart for a number of years. And why, why is that? Um, I'd say a lot of shame, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of seeming shame coming from a a variety of people. Um, I won't get into specific names or situations, but essentially like I was told something was wrong with me and I was no longer welcome at certain functions. I lost jobs. I was run out of businesses from people who didn't believe me in spite of having good relationships with them otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is there any other part of your story that you'd like to share? When was the last time, I'll ask you, when was the last time you had an air quotes episode well, I would say I definitely had one at my dad's celebration of life. So almost eight, 19 months ago? Yeah. yeah. So on July 27th, 2019 mm-hmm. um, was my last one. I would say emotions had a lot to do with it, but like I shouldn't have had anything to drink in the first place. Like, it was a pretty high emotional time. Um, I did anyway. It was very, it was very misguided. Um, but I would say since then, it wasn't really often. I do remember one time that we had a couple of drinks with your parents and I think actually well, I only had one. And then we realized that a supplement that I had had wormwood in it, which says don't mix with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely been some learning along the way, but. And, and coming to understand that alcohol is, is a trigger for you for, for your emotions, but not necessarily the root cause of your health issues. No, the root, the root cause um, was something far, far deeper, mm-hmm. which I'm still working through and uncovering. But I am very proud to say that that medical is not on my license. It's been gone for a couple of years. I do not have autobrewery syndrome or uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth anymore. My health is probably, I would say, at an all-time high. Um, at, at 41, it's probably better than it was when I was in my 20s. Uh I set forth when I met with Dr. Kenodi that I wanted to be around. You and I made a commitment that I would take this seriously and I would get well. Otherwise, we weren't going to pursue having kids. Mm-hmm. Like that was something that I think not a lot of people would have been brazen enough <clears throat> to talk about. But that was essentially the commitment that we made. If we want to move forward with bringing life, then I was going to do everything I could to not to be well for you or for future life, but so that I could be around. Mm -hmm. And so I would say some people have heard the story and some people probably haven't heard it to this effect, but because of integrative health itself, which we didn't even know what it was at the time, Mm -hmm. we didn't know that that's what he was doing. Um, that was a really large impetus for park integrative health that, if it saved my life, like who, who else's could it save? Mm-hmm. What kind of legacy could we, could I leave being essentially given another chance, being a chance to be reborn, to make amends with those that I'd quote unquote wrong, knowingly or unknowingly, mm-hmm. like being given an opportunity to, 
to create something and to bring people into creating something that actually could change lives and could change the way that healthcare is experienced. Because you believe you're not the only one who has I'm, a story just like this. I'm positive I'm not the only one. And I've had a number of people, even from high school, reach out to me and say like, hey, like I've heard pieces of your story on your social. I've heard pieces of your story. Like, you don't have to tell me more, but like, can I share with you? Cause I'm, I'm stuck too. Mm-hmm. And like, it looks like it worked for you. Like, can you help me? Or can you point me in this, in the right direction? Or here's what I've been experiencing. Like, can, can you help me? Can Park Integrative Health help me? And if not, can you direct me somewhere? Mm-hmm. So for those of you that might be listening to Brandon's story, from wherever you are in this time, in this place, in this space, I know that they want to know just as much as I want to know, what are a couple pieces of advice that you would give to people that are, that are traipsing through maybe the early stages of their own journey where they're struggling to be heard or understood? What would you say to them? I would tell them to have hope. I'll tell them to have hope and you're going to have to have a lot of personal resolve and you're going to have to have a lot of resilience to find the people who are going to listen to you, who are going to believe you. And if you can't find anybody like you should contact me or Heather, cause we will listen and we will see you because we've, we've been through it and I'm still here and I'm alive and I'm so thankful that I am. And for the life that, we've created and i i know that even if i can only help directly like a couple of people like it will it will have been worth it it will all have been worth it will it. all have been worth it mm-hmm. i don't know when the care is going to end i feel like every time i wish i could stop taking these supplements there's more or they're for something different um i would also say and this could be for anybody regardless of the state of your health do anything and everything that you can do to reduce your stress mm-hmm I'm not going to give you the ways to do it. I would probably say if I could give you one thing that I think everyone should do, and I don't like to should all over people, but I think everyone should see either a mental health therapist, Mm -hmm. psychologist, uh, master of social work, or some sort of high level energy healer Mm -hmm. for some spiritual work, like a, a shaman or a shamanic practitioner. I would say that, if there was anywhere that you could place your attention and time, I would I would pick one of those over over just about anything else. But everything in tandem, like I wouldn't be here if I hadn't have done those things. If I didn't see an acupuncturist and I was very resistant, even though that's what you ended up taking for school, I was very resistant. Um, but you don't know what you don't know. And, and now we do. I and I would say that any and every modality is worthwhile. We still see a chiropractor. Like it's not necessarily the end all be all, but like we see all different avenues. And while we don't have them all at Park Integrative Health, we have a lot and we have a lot of connections and a lot of uh, direction that we can give people. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know it's always emotional to retell it and to share it with the world so thank you because there are certainly I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are people listening to this or that will listen to this in the future and they will see the reflection of themselves in you and your story and your words so thank you and thank you to our listeners again this is our second episode 
We are just beginning this new adventure, and we look forward to sharing many more things with you in the episodes to come.